I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susan. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And, and I'm JT Timmons. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm here too. <laughs> I'm here too. I totally, I totally forgot. I was pulling up our, uh, our para junkie list <laughs> to thank. <laughs> well, speaking of the the para junkie list, would you like to go ahead and do that? Absolutely, I'm always uh, I'm always down to thank our para junkies. Here we go. I would love to thank Emily V, Natalie Nicole, Megan Baker, Ashley Blackman, Michelle Price, um, Michael Guino, and Mel Ellis. Thank y'all so much for your undying support, and we really are excited to have you as part of the para junkie family. Absolutely. Um, and if you are wanting to become a uh, para junkie, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, we have all sorts of exclusive content going on over there. We talk about different folklore tales. We just recently dropped a para junkie episode where they are where we have a great time talking about the drama that is the Icelandic uh, <laughs> Christmas demon lady. So, you know, <laughs> if you like things like that, or if you want to have a really great group of people who love, you know, just having a discord basically of paranormal things, yeah. asking questions, they're, they're really bonding with each other right now. We've, so We've really amassed a lot of exclusive episodes at this point. So if you do become a pair junkie, you're going to have a influx of content to view and listen to and all that stuff. Uh, but yes, it's, it's uh, for most plant for most tiers. Um, it is uh, an episode a week, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, a full one. Yep. But only for you. Yes. So today we are going to be doing a Q and a, um, so we have a lot of really great questions this week. Uh, cool. everybody, has always come in with the heat <laughs> with the <laughs> questions. Uh, but if you do have a question and um, you would like to hear us answer it on this podcast, you can utilize the TikTok Q&A button on our profile on Haunted City Podcast. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Oh, one, one more thing for everyone who was super worried about Chris and his sunglasses. <laughs> yes. I have got no, no, Chris. I've gotten probably 20-something messages, sure, sure, and these sure. are DMs. We've had comments on, on Patreon. Uh, we've had all types of it. People are concerned because you don't, you don't usually wear those. So no. if you just want to go ahead and like, yeah. uh, so he's I suffer, not dying. <laughs> I, I suffer from post-concussive syndrome, and when I got, I guess, the flu uh, a few weeks back, uh, it made me very susceptible to light. And so the light that we're using uh, was just causing like a, a low migraine situation. So uh, wearing the sunglasses was, in fact, because uh, I the light was just a little a little glaring for me. But I'm better now. It's uh, it is kind of subsided a little. So yeah, yes, Chris is not yeah. dying. I'm no. not dying. We don't <laughs> no. need any more ghosts. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Although yeah. plenty to talk if about. I do die, <laughs> I promise I will haunt the heck out of all of this. Yes. <laughs> will, uh, leave a mic out. All right. 
He, you'll just <laughs> hear hilarious. a phantom. Boogity yeah. boogity. Boogity boogity. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Question number one. Wells2003 asks, how come it's always ghosts from 200 years ago, but no one from the 80s saying, hey, bro? <laughs> <laughs> They, they are there. There are many, many <laughs> present ghosts, like present day ghosts. That, that is, that, it, the stories that last, the ones that peak and people repeat and tell are just the ones that fall into folklore and fall into that, that commonality of talking and, and, and thereby create a presence that people recognize and understand as ghosts. Um, and I think we've talked about this a lot on the show where a lot of ghosts you may not even realize are ghosts. They may just look like people. And so when people are dressed in modern dress, even like in the last 30, 40 years, if they're wearing clothes from that period, you might not immediately assume they're ghosts. But if you see someone in a Victorian garb, you know, just yeah. moving <laughs> slowly through a house, you're like, ah, ghost. So uh, it's mostly just about uh, like identification. Identification. Yeah. yeah, I think it really does go down to the point of being that um, pretty much it, it's a uh, it, it's hard for people to believe that they were actual people um, because it's so far in our history at this point, you know, where you're, we kind of do associate them with a little bit of a yep. folkloric style mm -hmm. because we can't imagine living in the 1800s or 1700s. And so they do kind of live in infamy, if you and will. And they stand out. Exactly. You know, they, they stick out. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say though, when I used to work with uh, a certain tour company and I had to wear my Victorian dress and stuff, people used to think I was a ghost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I would stand outside the Andrew Lowe house in my big dress and whatnot. And people would walk by and take photos and they're like, they're like, is she, is she alive? Is she okay? And I'm like, yes, very much so actually. <laughs> well, didn't we have a question about somebody who had gone around a square and saw like a, a soldier, a person? Yes. Yes. A soldier. yes. And yeah. it's like that, of course that sticks out to you. But if that was just a, a guy wearing regular clothes, then you wouldn't have thought of it. You wouldn't have thought, oh, that's probably a ghost under that tree, but it could have been. And you know, there are many, 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 many stories about the very recently dead people seeing them like right after death. Absolutely. And so, um, but those stories generally don't capture the imagination or turn into stories or, you know, they become these very encapsulated moments that people share. And so if you, if you flatten it out to all the ghost experiences that people have, there are probably a lot more modern ghost stories than you think, but we generally hear about the, you know, mm -hmm. Victorian yeah. woman who haunts the house. True. I would say 98% of the ghosts that I see on a regular basis are not historic ghosts, honestly. Most of them are, are modern ghosts. And, hmm. and actually yeah. that might be an interesting point as well because if a ghost lasts a long time, that means it has a significant power source, meaning it has enough energy to present itself and that might also con contribute to it. You know, if you're not sensitive, and, and I, I dare say the vast majority of people are not sensitive, in order to experience a ghost, you need a ghost that has a lot of energy and a lot of power. Yeah. So the ones that have lasted 100 years, 200 years, they actually are, you know, charged up. They have enough power to make themselves present and known to people who aren't gifted, you know, who don't have the ability to just see the dead. So um, it may take time for ghosts to acquire that much energy and that much force and that much power. So, you know, in 200 years from now, people will be like, 
why are we always seeing like the year 2000 ghosts? What, <laughs> why, why are the 1980s ghosts always around? And it's because by that time, maybe they have gained enough yeah. energy to, to present themselves to more people, more, you know, uh, uh, non-gifted people. The Alice Riley type ghosts. Yes. Yeah, the Alice Riley type ghosts. Yeah. Cool, cool. The, uh, the most recent ghost that I saw was when we were driving through Hinesville at like, Four in the morning. Yeah, a couple a couple nights ago, because JT and I were driving back from Tallahassee very early in the morning, and we were going through Hinesville, and I just see this guy on a bike, and then it just beep, it disappears. And so, the bike disappears, or both? Oh, both. Yeah. Oh, they're just gone. Yeah, they just. So it's a it's well, a yeah, bike ghost I, also. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's t- like I a, guess so. It it is a bike well, ghost. Were you like on the ghost uh, bucket? Eighty four, the highway that goes right through Hinesville. Yes. Yeah. That that's a death highway. Like people, oh. people get hit. And uh, when I was in school, at least because I went to school in Hinesville, Georgia, which is really very painful for me. Um, <laughs> no, because it, it was Hinesville. It was called yeah. Hinesville. I grew up in Germany and Italy, and then I graduated high school in Hinesville, Georgia. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. No disrespect <laughs> to the people of Hinesville. I know yeah. we have some is, Hinesville listeners. Well, that's what I was say. Hinesville is kind of this very eclectic and interesting place because. It's also a military base, Fort Stewart, and yeah. and there's a lot going on. Although it is Hinesville, I mean, yes. I, I think even the people from Hinesville will admit it's Hinesville. But they got a bomb Chick Fil A, y'all. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bomb Chick Fil A. Well, you know, and actually, a lot of the the food places I saw yeah. is incredible. There's a lot of great places in yeah. Hinesville. Don't it's where Baldino's started. Yeah. So you no, know, yeah, what? Yeah, Baldino's Jersey <laughs> Shop. No it was a sergeant in the army who who was like, I miss my sandwiches. Is the original from, one still there? Yeah. I, I'm pretty no, sure it no. is. No wow. way. That's crazy. There you go. In any case, uh, back to the point that that uh, when I was in high school, I would say uh, at least a dozen people died on that stretch of road. Really? Because uh, truckers just you know, they fly. just fly through there, yeah. and 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 it, it was like this unkempt area of just speeding. Yes. People just barrel through, and uh, lots of accidents. Uh, there was a terrible one where like a a truck pinned a car with a family in it. It was Ooh. terrible. But I do, I do recall that that highway was, was very dangerous. And so they, um, I think they took a lot of th- effort to, 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 to kind of curb it by putting lots of lights and lots of things. But there was a one particular weird intersection that was always a, a problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well, there's a ghost bike apparently. Yeah, in yeah. I would not doubt that you know yeah. someone on a bike got hit by a truck. Yeah. Just Absolutely. a side, just a side note. I think I came up with our next uh, pair junkie exclusive. Why don't we do the Ludowisi tomato uh, tomato garden uh, murder? Oh, yeah, sure. I just yeah. thought about that. That's like one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite true crime true crime stories. Yeah, but also it got to be haunted. Oh, I mean, just the way, yeah. We the drove way, by it that one time, yeah. and we were like, just, that was just a thought after talking about Hinesville because you just yeah. like Hinesville, yeah. Hinesville, Little Wissy. Yeah, yes. right outside of Louis, uh, Hinesville. All right, so let's go on to the next question. Uh, before we do, if you are watching uh, on YouTube, please subscribe and share our videos because we're really trying to grow the YouTube following. It's it's growing pretty steadily, but we want to really put it in a supercharge. So just a reminder. All right, here we go. Um, Sarah Ford, twelve nineteen, asks. Can y'all tell me if the Owens Thomas house and slave quarters is haunted? Absolutely it is. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, any of those historic homes that would have slaves and things like that, they're going to have at minimum residual hauntings, you know, because 
it's just like when you're in slavery in general, uh, that's gonna that's a very traumatic experience, and a lot of times residual hauntings come from traumatic experiences or just like something that deeply affects you emotionally, and it leaves that impression of energy. So there's definitely some hauntings in that way. Um, not a ton of like intelligent energy there. It's just I don't think so. Yeah, it seems to be just stained with with certain sorrows, certain events. Um, there are a lot of people who will claim that Lafayette uh, at that balcony. You oh, know, yeah. You can but... still hear a Frenchman like <laughs> speaking or, you know, or, or going through that. And that's, you know, kind of typical for people when there's a significant singular historic event to think that that event you like really. And, and that would be where the entire city came to that street, came to that balcony, came to listen to this uh, you know, Revolutionary War hero. So there's a lot of people who just want to cling on to the moment and mm-hmm. tell that story over yeah. and over again that, you know, oh, I, I can still hear, you know, Lafayette, you know, speaking in French or speaking with his French accent. Um, but uh, really, when you take into the slaves account that for a long time in Savannah, we had a a fairly shameful practice of toning down the whole conversation about slaves and that, you know, there was a time when even the Owen Thomas House used the term servants' quarters instead of slaves' quarters and, mm. and definitely played down. And, and, and of, of late, of the last 20 years, they really leaned into teaching the history, giving you names, giving you uh, all these things, which I think is, is amazing and wonderful historically, but it also probably, you know, stirs, stirs things, things yep. up. Absolutely. Yeah. The Telfair... Um, uh, academy and whatnot they've done a really good job of saying very historically accurate mm-hmm. in that way um so i wouldn't be surprised if you know if there are some more intelligent spirits that are like oh i'm getting yeah. talked about right. now right you know? stirring its its consciousness about the fact that people are now thinking about it talking about it and acknowledging it mm-hmm. yeah the um I haven't been in the Owens Thomas house in years, so I can't tell you exactly how it feels in there uh, right now, just because that was never one of the museums that I personally had to go into for work or things like that. Um, I think the last time I went there was like probably 10 years ago when I visited Savannah before I lived here with my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do remember going in there and you just feel this very deep sorrow it just feels sad. And and you feel that a lot, especially when you go into any slave quarters in Savannah. Absolutely. When you, even at the Sorrel Weed House, when you go into their slave quarters, you just imagine how cramped it was. There's usually no ventilation. It's usually gets up to like 120 degrees in those places in the middle of summer. And you are, you know, just trapped like like sardines inside a little place. So... You know, I I feel like that's what I picked up on the most. And always worth examining and talking about is that when a house is presented in its era, when you're using the the furnishings and the artwork and and really capturing a time when people lived and thrived in a house uh, or or suffered, uh, that is a great way to encourage spirits to inhabit a place. When you, when you make it like it was when they were alive, when you kind of keep the patterns, when, you, when everything looks the way it used to look and, and you've restored it to its former glory, that is the kind of, of thing that 
the patterns of energies in a house can suddenly be more interactive and reactive to the environment. In fact, when we go ghost hunting, sometimes we'll try to bring a, an era cue, something that comes from that era, like a, uh, an object. If you, if you know a, a spirit from the late 1800s is there, you can bring some kind of object from the late 1800s in hopes that there will be a connective uh, a vein for mm-hmm. the spirit to actually communicate. And I think that's why a lot of these historic homes especially have such strong energy. Mm, yes. It's like because a lot of times they keep the family's collections and put it up or if they don't have access to the family's collections like even the Sorrel Weed House which I don't think has anything in there um, that was actually owned by the Sorrel family uh, because the previous owner I believe they said took a lot of that yeah. stuff. So you know but it's all period, period accurate. accurate yeah. And so they have some of the strongest spirits, you know, that are interacting with guests and things like that. So it, it makes a lot of sense why those houses stay active, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even if we don't necessarily talk about specific spirits, even the same way with the Andrew Lowe house. For sure, for sure. All right, moving on. Next question. Rebecca N463 asks... What bed and breakfast would you say is the most haunted? <laughs> That's hard. Um, I would say the one that embraces it the most would be the 1790. That's Absolutely. what I was thinking. Like, I would definitely say that that 100. place, at the, very, at the very base, they, they lean into it and they, they appreciate its, it, the legends and the, and the, and the stories that, that circulate about it. And that gives you opportunity to be in a, in a very... It is a haunted building, but it's, it's one that is um, very embraced as far as hauntings go. Uh, actively, uh, I think the Forsyth Park Inn yeah. is an amazingly haunted place that doesn't get a lot of press. And, yeah. and they're, they're not selling... A haunted inn, no. but I'd say that uh, for experiences, the Forsyth Park Inn has. I, I've heard more steady conversation from from guests, and mostly these are people who did not know there was a ghost or di- or didn't come looking for a ghost. Mm. Uh, in seventeen hundred ninety, you are looking for a ghost, yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you do get great stories from the seven hundred uh, seventeen hundred ninety, uh, even. Um, uh, Miley Cyrus has a ghost story from the 1790. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Really? Yeah. Uh, she filmed uh, the last song yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. Savannah, and uh, she stayed uh, in 204, which, oh. is, which is the haunted room, you know, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is the, the, the celebrated haunted room. And uh, her story was interesting because it was, it was, she was <clears throat> getting ready to go. And, and in the 1790, 204, one of the stories that, that often comes up is that women are, are kind of abused in that room. There's a lot of uh, uh, weird things, but their jewelry goes missing. Things get tossed around. Um, and, and women tend to get, like, kind of harassed, hair pulled, and things of that nature, while men tend to get, like, caresses on their face. Mm-hmm. or you know. So most people are thinking that it's a kind of a jealous woman 
ghost in mm-hmm. in 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 the room. <clears throat> but uh, Miley Cyrus' story was that um, she was getting ready, and when she came, she was in the bathroom, and she came out of the bathroom and came into her room. Her stuff was out of her luggage, and there was a a wet handprint on one of her boots. And I was like, ooh. Now, stalker. that also could have been a stalker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, that could have been a stalker. Um, but uh, it, it, it seemed to happen in, a, in an inordinate amount of time, like mm-hmm. into the bathroom mm-hmm. and then out of the bathroom. And yeah, it changed. And, That's weird. You know, a, a peculiar story. That uh, is odd. Miss Jody, yes. just, did, did, yeah. did she tell you the full story? She didn't tell me the full story. but The, the full story was basically she stayed in the hotel, not in, not in uh, 204. She stayed down the hall. Yeah. 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 And um, she woke up and she saw a man sitting in the corner mm. of her room. So creepy. And she was terrified, but the reason that she didn't, like, scream or wake up her husband or anything is that she knew that it wasn't a a man. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, an actual yeah. Yeah. full-blown man. And she was like, this is why we're staying in this hotel, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, but uh, we are actually trying to gain access to the 1790 to tell its many fun stories uh, for our third episode of uh, of our series uh, that we only release on uh, Patreon to Pair Junkies. And actually, just real fast, um, this coming Monday, our second episode, the Grave Face one, does drop. So... Awesome. Just wanted to just wanted to plug that super fast as we're talking about seventeen ninety because that's the that's I'm hoping that's gonna be our third episode and Forsyth Park and I'm hoping mm-hmm. that's gonna be there too. But anyway, yes, back to Miss Jody's story. But yeah, she I, she did tell me about the man sitting in the corner. I didn't mm-hmm. hear like family friend by the way. If you don't, yeah, know she's Jody a family is. friend. Um, and we just saw her over the weekend, and so she was like, "Oh yeah, I have to tell you about my ghost story because that happens to me a lot. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very common occurrence where." People, but you love to hear them. I do. Well, I love it. But it's, yeah, people just come up to me and are like, I have to tell you my ghost story. And they like never talk to me. And it's always that. That's the, you know, uh, that's usually the conversation I have with most people. But anyways, so yeah, she tells me that. And she said that she goes down to the front desk in the morning. And when they're checking out, uh, the lady who had been working there forever, I guess, she was like, oh, I got to tell you about this ghost that people see in your room and it, she described exactly the man that Jody saw in the corner. <laughs> so and she's like, so I'm not crazy, you know. Was she on the second floor? Yes. And she was in the U? Yeah. You know where? Oh, gosh. Did she I tell can, you no, what I, room? Um, she probably has it in a yeah. receipt. Yeah. So yeah. I'll ask her. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out and then when we do the series, maybe we'll pop on in. Yeah, right? So, so years and years ago, we did a, a ghost hunt. In mm-hmm. the 1790, and uh, we had a, a sensitive with us who was very drawn to a corner in that hallway, and uh, drawn to a, a very specific piece of furnishing, which I, I don't even know if it's still there, but it was a basically a mirror that was also like a weird little table. So it was like a, it, but not a vanity. Um, it was like a coat rack, and uh, like being around it definitely caused like this kind of like, Oh, this is weird. And mm. it would be weird if against the wall 
because there was a room on the other side. I was like, whoever is staying in the room here yeah. might be getting a lot of activity, you know, a lot of strangeness going on because this mirror, it turns out, was a like a reception area for the funeral home. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, when uh, the Keogh house was a funeral home. Yeah. No way. Uh, so it, it was moved from the Keogh house when it was a funeral home to this. And, and it's very an innocuous piece, but it's strange enough to even just look at it and be like, that doesn't really belong in a hallway. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't really belong mm-hmm. there, which is enough to make you be like, what is it? And it's like, yeah. it, it's, it's, I guess, a catch-all. Like when you walk in the, a door and there's something right there to put your wallet and keys and maybe hang something on. And with a long mirror so that on the way out you can look at it and yeah. <laughs> and, and make sure you're all okay. But it it was a very strange thing and I'm I'm curious. You know, yeah. yeah. I'll find out man. the I'll find out the room number. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Do you have anything else, Boom? Um yeah. Oh yeah, just adding on to the Forsyth Park and that would be the one that I would agree is like the bed and breakfast that doesn't get enough um hype of most about, underrated haunting yes i would i would definitely say that um because i've stayed in there multiple times and just odd little bits and bobs of paranormal activity um you know especially down in the dog room not it's not like a room for dogs but it's like just covered in this very odd dog wallpaper <laughs> oh, yeah. um and so um that one was the one that i would say i had the most activity with um just because it sounded like constantly in the middle of the night a hustle and bustle of a kitchen almost well you know and it's interesting because it's worth examining the fact that the forsyth park inn's ghosts are not scary Mm -hmm. um and that's probably why it doesn't get the hype up because they do not actually bother anyone they in fact they're mostly helpful you know in in a lot of a lot of the stories i hear uh people are like ah and then my you know things were folded or you know (laughs) know, it's like like a house cleaning goes what (laughs) why um so it, it because it's not scary it generally people don't repeat it People don't tell stories about ghosts that aren't, you know, ooh, because uh, that's the that's the framework of most ghost stories is how creepifying it is. Yeah. And if you have a like a, a warm spirited, good spirited, which again, I always say, you know, of the ghost stories that I've collected in my life from people, ninety percent of them are good. Ninety percent of them are are positive stories, and usually involving family members or you know, usually involving a lot of love. Uh, those stories don't get told. People, mm-hmm. people sure. don't want to share those stories because when you're like, ooh, ghost story, you're like, ooh, start the campfire. Let's tell a ghost story. Uh, they're not, and then I felt a warm hug. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. So true. It is so you know, true. And, and yeah, yeah I, I think we are conditioned for the scary. Yeah, And so you get, you get more of the scary stories because people repeat the scary stories and very rarely repeat the really kind and wonderful. Because <laughs> you they're know, boring. That's <laughs> like, no. I'm sorry. It's not true. Madison, we did an episode. We did a, a From One to Wicked and Madison was like telling, like she, or no, it was on like Polly's Island. It was during the hurricane. Oh, yeah. And um, and she told this story and I, you know, I got scalded in the comments for, <laughs> for like, let her tell the story, idiot. And I'm like, I, I should have. However... I will say it was the uh, it was like this this um, ghost up in a lighthouse that like like hugs you at the top of the steps 
Right? It Wasn't was, that it at the, the top kids. of the White House? It's the kids. No, 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 no. It was a woman. It was a female oh, ghost. Oh, that one. This woman oh, yeah. goes, and she like gives you a hug at the, you know, and people feel warmth yeah, and all the, of that. The, that's the Florida Keys and, one. And yeah. I got I, in the comments, they were like, bro, because I was like, just move on. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, come so, on. Well, and that's just it. You know, uh, <laughs> there comes a point in your life when you start to appreciate that what what is generally considered mundane mm -hmm. is where we live. And if you can't honor and be excited about it, your life is going to be very, very disappointing. disappointing. <laughs> For sure. Because yeah. there's wonderfully beautiful stories to tell. And, and you kind of learn that from essayists. If you read really good essayists, they'll tell stories about just getting up in the morning and, and, and going about their daily routine. But if they're doing it right, they're telling you that life is very interesting every moment. Uh, you don't have to wait for the boogity boogity. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, appreciate the, oh. <laughs> See, but JT's been like this his entire life. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's all demons. It's yes. got to be a demon. Yeah. <laughs> like when JT was a kid, apparently his dad told me that he would tell JT stories and, you know, it would start out so sweet and he'd be like, in the reindeer or on the roof and JT would be like, do they have bangs and are they bleeding from their eyes? And he's like, yes, actually. How did you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it, it has it stopped. Why do you think they fly? Yeah. My, my whole family definitely fed my love of horror. I mean, <laughs> like just a healthy helping every day. Like, like seven-year-old me, have you seen The Exorcist yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> anyway, all right, so let's go ahead and move on. Chris, you're going to like this uh, question. Some questions come up that I read beforehand, and then I'm like, oh, Chris, Chris is going to like this one. Uh, do spirits always have to look human when they show up, or can they look like something else? Oh, I, they can look like whatever they feel is the best uh, to connect. You know, uh, we talk about this a lot uh, yep. with birds. You know, um, intriguingly enough, side note, for the last month, a bird has been coming to my house, oh. uh, beating furiously on the window, and then sitting on the branch right opposite it. And at first we thought it was seeing its reflection in the glass, and maybe it mm -hmm. thinks it's another bird or something, but it is very almost to the, you could set your watch to it every day, and it just sits there, and it allows us to come right up to the window. Wow on the other side of it, and it's like, what are you trying to tell us? Who are you? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, please explain yourself, yeah. bird. Um, but back to the, the question at hand. Um, yes, in, in fact, there are stories where ghosts will take on frightful countenances, frightful looks to achieve the desired effect uh, we talk about ghosts wanting attention uh, because human attention and human connection is a form of energy that really helps a ghost establish and, and root in our world. And so sometimes they will take on forms that are, in fact, more monstrous or more uh, exaggerated in hopes of getting you to pay attention, in hopes mm -hmm. that you'll, you'll feed it the fear and the attention that you need. But in a lot of ways, you know, uh, some ghosts are in fact trapped in forms that are not their own. Uh, and th there's a lot of question as to how or why a, a spirit might be presenting as something other than itself. Uh, of course, we don't know. We don't mm -hmm. have a, a firm true. answer. But there are times when spirits, uh, because again, fully grown adults who die sometimes appear as children. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see the child version of them. 
um, which I think we've even talked about before. Some people have actually been haunted by themselves. They'll see like a for, like a young version of themselves in a place that they used to live or something like that. They'll catch a, a, a glimpse of it, uh, which is a kind of residual haunting, I think. But again, whenever you start talking about the appearance of ghosts, sometimes it is about the perception of the person. Mm-hmm. Some people die thinking that they're monsters and then they come back looking monstrous. That's Some true. people die thinking that they're small, so they come back small. Some people have these perceptions and our internal perceptions of ourselves can sometimes very much become the thing that we present because it's all we have. You know, yeah. all we have is this version of ourselves, you know, um, and, and that's more intelligent haunting than anything because that's, that's, that's a spirit that is constructing its look based on how it feels, based on how it, 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 it operates in a location or an idea. So that's a really good question, and we could probably spend a long time talking about it's true. You know, uh, the fact that our perception, the living's perception, is highly predicated on a consensus of everybody else. Uh, you know, everybody else kind of decides what things look like and sure. we all kind of agree to it. And that becomes the reality that we ex- you know, exist in. And if anything is out of that norm, mm-hmm. it takes such a cooperation between spirit and, and, and person seeing the spirit to establish that connection. And that's why there are many, many people who would love to see a ghost, but never do. And they, they kind of get into that, 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 that protocol of suggesting that ghosts don't exist because they don't experience it or they don't feel it or they don't do these things. And it's like, well, it's possible that your perception is too concrete for the spirit to manipulate it. You know, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a relationship between spirits and the living in order to achieve contact. And, and even if you are a believer and you have all these things, your, your perception might be too concrete. You might have you might have established such a strong hold, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not, you know, a, a deficit by any stretch of the magic. In fact, it probably helps. Um, but it does make you uh, almost uh, impervious to haunting because the perception that you hold, which is upheld by everything in your life, but mm-hmm. it was upheld by the people who raised you and the, and the communities you've lived in and everything. So that, that's, that's building a very solid world where nothing can sneak in nothing can get through the cracks um, and that's why you hear a lot of times people who have terrible accidents or you know terrible trauma what's happened is th- there's been a crack in their perception something happened that shook them so deeply that now these other uh, entities can communicate or can show themselves and I've known many people who were you know non-believers staunch non-believers and then got into like a car wreck or had a near-death experience mm-hmm. and when they came back they were like i'm seeing things i'm, yeah. I'm feeling mm-hmm. things i'm sensing things and it's like well that's because the perception that you had of uh, your whole life that was very solid was shook yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep yep i will say though um a lot of people believe that you you have to see a spirit as human or things like that. But I have some photos. I have one in particular I pulled up because I don't think I've ever shown you this one, Chris. But this was taken in the Andrew Lowe house. And it is the most wild photo I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And so basically, um, we'll, we'll insert the photo here. But a guest took this on Halloween on my tour. And basically, he took a photo of the window because uh, he just liked the window in the Andrew Lowe house right at the uh, like first platform of the steps. 
And so he takes this photo and what we saw, because I saw it happen too, but I didn't see it in this full form until I looked at this photo, but there was this weird mist outside of that window. And I thought it was fog because, you know, it's October in Savannah, you know, fog's not abnormal and it's, Mm -hmm. um, but it started transforming and it started forming something but I didn't catch what it was actually forming until the photo. And it looks like something that I can only describe as straight out of spirit Halloween. Absolutely. It looks like a Halloween decoration. (laughs) It is so bizarre. But, you know, what was weird about it is that... Oh, I've seen it a million times. I know. What's weird about it is that... You love that photo. Yeah, because I can't figure out what it is. I'm like, it doesn't... feel demonic necessarily it just feels like this weird in-between type entity sure just spirit halloween spirit halloween indeed Um, and that's just it yeah that's a perfect example exactly because it is also worth you know mentioning that had you not been there to see that picture and i'm sure all of you who are looking at it online um you would immediately have a dozen answers to what it is which is, again, one of the hardest things about this particular field is there's a million ways to fake a ghost. Mm-hmm. And there are a million and a million people who do it. So whenever you come across a piece of evidence, it becomes a, a, like a wrestling match in your brain. You're like, I know how I would do this. I know how it could be done. But that very line of um, logic is not in the same camp as what it is. You know, those are two different things. Just because you can do it doesn't mean that's how it was done. Sure. And you'll find that debunkers are always using that as their debunking tool is, you know, well, I would just do X, Y, and Z. But you're still not addressing the fact that you weren't the one. Yeah, <laughs> It exactly. wasn't you. <laughs> well, and, you know, it, it's true. Even if I wasn't there, there was, there, there was there's no time on that tour in particular where you could sit there and sit in Photoshop on your phone and just like draw this right. out. No, but you know, it's like, cause it's very nuanced. Even if you, somebody somehow would, it would take someone a couple hours, not the 15 minutes that it, you had in the house to show me at the end of being in the house, you know, good luck uh, convincing TikTok. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> and, whatever. And, and, and you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's so fake. But they don't listen to the podcast and they're only seeing the 15 seconds of me talking about it. You know, and they're like, oh, she's so dumb. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It, you know, it's fine. It's a cool photo nonetheless. But it, it is a cool was, photo. But it was Halloween. So, you know, the, the veil's at its thinnest. I think that was on my last tour, um, which was like the 11 o'clock tour. <laughs> so, you know, it was very late. Yeah. Uh, not a ton of people with me on that one because usually the last tour of the night is in a huge group. We, we've captured so. a lot of ghost photos around 11 in Savannah. Well, yeah. I mean, because you're the closer you get to, you know, um, the witching hour and whatnot, the more active they're starting to get. That's 3 a.m.? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, the, 3 though. the closer I said, you know. So you're saying 3 a.m., they just ramp it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and the, con- the conceit of it all, like, even if you went past all of it, is the idea that the less human activity mm-hmm. is around, oh, yeah. the more spiritual a- activity ramps up. Okay. So the reason why 3 a.m. makes the most sense is because most people are asleep. You know, yeah. most people are, 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 have powered down and aren't sucking up all the psychic energy. 
so spirits have that ability. But you know, you you, you take into account things like where you were what size group you were with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the opportunistic nature of it. And of course, Halloween's Halloween for a reason. I mean, the reason why we observe that is because for, you know, eons, people recognized that there was a point in the year at which the, ter- the changing of the season and the sense of in- impending doom led to this thin thinning of the veil. Yeah. And, 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 we had ritualized the moment that we believe it's the thinnest, yeah. you know, the moment where, where the seasons of life become the seasons of death. Sure. You know, quite simply, you know, there used to be just two seasons, you know, yeah. a season of life and a season of death. And that was the moment that it went from one to the other. And we rarely talk about the other part of that, which is kind of the Easterish yeah. era where the season of death is now turning into the season of life, we don't talk about the fact that the, the veil is thin then too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, is, it, is, it is almost equally thin, but we're, we're, we're approaching it with hope. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we're not carving um, turnips, turnips for no reason, people. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, so, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned the person who asked that question. Uh, man with the hat, 32. I thought that was... Oh, no, yeah. hat man. Hat man. Not the hat man. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Jake the Snake. Wow, these names. Not the wrestler. Jake the Snake, <laughs> 2897, asks, is there a place in Savannah where you wouldn't go due to the fear of ghosts? I feel like we've gotten this type of question before. Um, we've got a more broad version of yeah. this question before sure. where they're like, is there a place in general that in you general. wouldn't want to go? In Savannah? No. Due to, fear is, due to fear of ghosts? I'm not afraid of the Savannah ghosts. They- <laughs> so I, for a long time, and I still have reservations about it, 12 West Oglethorpe was a, was a place that I refused to go into. Uh, I had... A fairly traumatic experience there. Uh, and one of the weird things is I went, because now it's a, a, a restaurant called Husk. And this was after decades of mm-hmm. being empty and, and people trying to move in, but they just couldn't and they couldn't make it work. And there's all kinds of issues with trying to get it up on its feet. Um, and the Husk opened and the people who knew me were like, ah, 12 West Oglethorpe's open, are you going to go in? I was like, ah, Ah, come on, twelve us August. So, so I actually went with a group of friends, and Husk. it was yes, okay. so strange. Uh, while I was, we we were led, we went upstairs, um, and I'd never been upstairs. I'd only been downstairs, which was bad enough. Um, but we went upstairs, and we we're up in a, a big table because there's like ten of us. And I'm sitting at this table, and the first thing that I'm noticing is that I'm getting dizzy and disoriented, and not not having a good time. Um, and then a waiter falls on me, just like falls over, like on me. What? And I was like, oh gosh. And he, and he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, like, can I get your drink orders? And he leaves. The woman who brought the drinks falls on me. What? And she's like, oh gosh, you know, I, I just can't seem to, you know, get my bearings. Uh, there's something, you know, going on. I think the floors are uneven and stuff like that. Uh, another one of my friends has a waiter fall on them. 
all at this table, all within about falling. Yeah, people were just falling. But that was the sensation I was having sitting down, just sitting there. I was feeling this kind of. I was like, "Is there a gas leak? (laughs) Are you all about to die?" Yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) what is happening? And so uh, uh, we we stopped a waiter and we just like asked, you know. So and it turns out that these uh, the wait staff that night or uh, during the opening were all from out of town, so they all came in, you know, to to make the big opening. Come in drunk. Well, that's just it. It's like, it's like, do you know what's going on? They're like, no, it's so weird. You know, and, and he was saying that he had dropped like two dishes and he's like, you know, he's a professional waiter. Like he does high end weight staff stuff and yeah. he doesn't drop dishes. And he's like, I've never dropped a dish in my life until I came here and I dropped two Whoa. right off the bat. And I was just like, that's so strange. And, and, and so one of my friends is like, he should tell you the ghost story. And it was just like, there's a ghost. You know, it's yeah. like, what do you mean there's a ghost? We should, t- we should, I, you know what? I'll reach out to the GM and see if we can't get yeah. them on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk and to I'm them sure about that. that. They, would, yeah. they would talk about it because there's, it's, it's, it's a fun, like history to it. Cause it's there's a so lot of like, sad too. yeah, well, it's just yeah. bizarre. It, it goes on to be because the, the core story is is one of, of woeful loss, but the continued story is about murder, mayhem, and and horror. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, do you know if they're like, do you know if they um, kind of like own the ha- how haunted that house is? They do not. They no. do not. No, because it's a high end restaurant. So so then it might be hard to get the GM. It would be very difficult for them to to want that kind of attention in, yeah, in yeah, a lot of yeah. ways because they can't avoid it. Yeah. I guarantee you a lot of the people who go there are going there because it's 12 West Oglethorpe. Yeah. But well, they're yeah. a chain too. So yeah, technically the second, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the first country. one's in Charleston. Yeah. yeah. It's low country though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm about the GM, country, not yeah. the owner. Yeah. 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 The GM. I mean, if the owner no, come on, then sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with, yeah. um, Oh gosh, what was I going to say to you, Chris? The, um, I don't know. I'll okay. think about it. Uh, so so I was going to mention that a place that I would like to not go, I probably would go into it, but um, it's probably the place that I am most um, not afraid of, but obtuse to uh, is St. Julian Street oh, Demon I'd House. Oh, i in a heartbeat. So, so the reason why, though, is because if y'all don't know about the Savannah Underground, um, I directed... Like a part of the Savannah Underground, well, I direct the whole of Savannah Underground, but like there's a part of the Savannah Underground at the end that is basically basically the exorcism of the St. Julian Street Demon House, and I feel like like if I if I personally go in there, it might be kind of special to that demon because I've been playing its story. (laughs) I've been telling its story for now a year and a half. Same with you because you've you've played you've played Mary in yeah. there and so i For wonder yeah and we there's a lot of truth to what we put into that story obviously we took our liberties for entertainment you know reasons but you know with the voicemail that happens beforehand and all of that um you know that voicemail was based on actual things that happened to jim williams yeah. um and and all of that and uh so i don't know i feel like if we go in you or i um I feel like if Orky won because he's the CEO of it, I feel like it's like, hey, thanks for telling my story. No, and it's like, so it's like come here. So it's funny, actually, um, that you say that because, I, like I said, I stand by, I'm not afraid of Savannah's ghost. I will go into any haunted place that they allow me. But um, it's funny that you mentioned the St. Julian Street house because I every time that I go by that house now, I see it or I feel that entity. 
mm-hmm. standing there looking out because I talk about it multiple times a week, every week for like- In the, front of it. In, in front of it. Yeah. And it knows me now. <laughs> so but it's- Worth talking about is the fact that the family that resides there have had zero experiences. Like- Yeah. Yeah. None. You know, they are very adamant about how very not- that's what you know, it wants. Uh, yeah. That's what it wants. Significant it is. Mm-hmm. It is a, uh, a, it's a marked house. You know, <laughs> it, yes. uh, it is definitely a strange and peculiar house. And it even, in a lot of ways, even in its shape is reminiscent of the Amityville house. That's what I always say when I point it yeah. out to my guests. I'm like, it's it looks just like the Amityville horror house because it's a Rhode Island style home. So mm-hmm. that's why. But yeah. 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 I think I think just off of what you just said, either they're not saying they're not mentioning it because I mean it is a private residence, and you know they probably don't want people just like like standing out well, front, yeah, of course. Um, you know, looking at it. You try to be as respectful as possible. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the 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 bus the tour buses go out by uh, the trolleys, not tour buses. Mm-hmm. The trolleys go by, but they can't even use a microphone. Uh, they have to turn their microphone off and talk. Because well, uh, it's residential. Yeah, yeah they, I have mean. To, they have <laughs> exactly. to say it with their chest right there, but then they can turn their microphones back on when they're done with Washington Square. Yeah. Um, I don't use a microphone anyway. No, so she I says it with her chest. Yeah, always. Um, <laughs> but no, for real though, like I've seen it multiple times. Every time I go past the house, after about a year of us doing that tour, mm-hmm. it picked up on. It's there. Yeah, no, it's there because I've strong. I, well, I've seen it and I've felt it, and I know it's there. And so, you know, maybe it's just the people who live in the house. It just doesn't care for them, or they're just not talking about their it's using them. It's using them. It's 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 using. It's not showing itself because it wants people to think to that it's it not there. Yeah. So it can do something bigger later. I don't know if it's, it's going to do anything. It's plotting. It's, I don't it's, know. It's a demon. It's plotting. But reg- it's what they do. But regardless, um, it is an interesting story. But I would be interested to see if I did go into the house one day because there is rumors mm-hmm. that people have said of them possibly making it into an Airbnb. They've talked about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, it's one of those fascinating uh, collisions of highly populous storytelling and very ground down to earth people because they're not against it they're not mm-hmm. you know uh in 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 interviews they've definitely been like yeah you know that's 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 the story you yeah. know that's the exactly. story of the place but you know they raise their kids they you know uh, if there was opportunity you would think that it would have been taken but to the point of 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 plotting and planning demons don't actually have unlimited access to this plane um, you know, you kind of have to renew in a way. It's yeah, a, yeah. You get a seven-year lease for those people who, who don't know. <laughs> you, know, you have seven years to do your calamity, and if you don't associate yourself, possess something, or or have some uh, anchor, you go back to hell. You know, yep, that's yep. that's just the way it goes, and that's where the bizarre notion of seven years bad luck when you break a mirror. That's where a lot of the seven calamity comes from, because if you are not of demons and angels mentality, anything that can serve you through ritual or through purpose becomes a pretty good thing. Sure. You know, you, if, 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 if you're like, bring us a harvest and, you know, the demon's like, well, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can bring you a harvest. You're going to give me a soul. All right, I'll bring you a harvest. <laughs> you know, uh, it, 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 it becomes entangled in so many different 
uh, ideologies because it's like, well, no, that was a good thing that happened. Yeah. That's a bad thing that happened. Because, you know, if, if anything, the fact that seven follows out in so many ways, the seventh son of the seventh son, you know, seven days of the week, <laughs> mm-hmm. the whole, the whole concept of seven being this thing. Uh, so it's very possible that the demon doesn't want to be rousted Sure. Because it has a place that will that yeah. will that will keep it, and if it did act out, someone might come and, and push on it. You know, exactly. someone might come. And, you know, it's, it's already it's seen plotting. an exorcism. Yep. yep. You know, and so it's like, and and uh, I've <laughs> I've been a part of 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 five exorcisms in my life, and um, in each case, the immediacy, the immediate effect was very night and day, mm-hmm. but over time, the the trouble came back. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you, you tell a demon, you know, get out in the name of the Lord. And, and the demon's like, yes, but it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't have an immediate, it's like, sure. I'll just be in the corner you know? <laughs> and, 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 and maybe I won't be smited. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, it's like, haven't been smited, haven't been smited. Maybe if I just poke. <laughs> yep. Anything happened? Poke, poke, poke. Exactly. And, and you get this idea that there are probably rituals that, that work far greater or probably uh, aspects that we, we don't completely understand. So yes, I think that, uh, that the demon is probably, he has his power source and he doesn't want to ruin it. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Last question. And y'all, it's a good one. Um, Carla Preston 12 asks, what is your number one place that you want to investigate soon? And like go around the table. Um, I know for a fact, like we said earlier, um, seventeen hundred ninety in is probably my go-to right now because I've heard so many good stories about it, and you know it seems like it's very. Uh, um, there's a lot of ghosts in it, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity uh, for that. But uh, Madison, what are you thinking? So, I don't know if she's referring to. Um you know, Savannah, where we want to investigate, or like, I would say just anywhere in the continental U.S. I want to, to right investigate the Conjuring House very badly. I would love to go in there and actually experience it because you know, um, because of all the legends that have occurred. Oh, absolutely! Um, inside that home, I would love to investigate that place, Savannah. I would like to probably. Hmm, that's a hard one. I probably would want to investigate um, the Candler Hospital. Mm. If I know that will not happen <laughs> anytime soon uh, because, you know, it's a SCAD uh, building. It's now. a SCAD <laughs> building. Now, although I am a SCAD alumni, that has not worked in my favor with them in the past. But, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's maybe, maybe they'll be like, Sure, <laughs> one day I would really like to investigate well, we, it. We though. could do, and 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 just as a simple plan and plot is um, claim that you're making a movie, gain access through you know a a license to film inside of a building, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just turn it into investigation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if our uh, Patreon gets big enough, everybody has a price. So that is true. <laughs> Although Scad's price might be more than we want to pay. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, Conjuring House, uh, mm-hmm. when uh, we did Lizzie Borden, we actually uh, stayed the night at Lizzie Borden, and there were people 
uh, staying the night too, who spent the, the previous night in the conjuring house. And I had not realized that it was also a kind of a, uh, Airbnb bread, bed and breakfast situation. I didn't realize you could stay overnight in the conjuring house until that moment. I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my wife who enjoys this stuff, but does not pursue it by any stretch of imagination has been like, let's, let's just go ahead and plan that. Let's just go ahead and plan it. Um, you know, we'll pay the price for eight people. Cause you have to pay for eight people no matter what. Um, and it's really reasonable too. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, we'll pay for all eight and we'll just stay. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just stay there. Yeah. That just sounds so much fun. I mean, I just want to see what happens. I want to see for myself what's in there just because I'm very curious. But you never know. Um, that's That would definitely be my number one though at the moment. So Awesome. Well, um, thank you guys for asking so many great questions this time. You always do. I don't know why I'm surprised, but... Uh, if you do, like I said at the beginning, if you have a question that you want uh, answered on the podcast, definitely utilize the Q&A button. Um, also, while you're over there, make sure to follow us and um, on Haunted City Podcast. That's our TikTok handle. And then for Instagram, our handle is The Most Haunted City on Earth. You can find us on Patreon under The Savannah Underground. Um, you, that's pretty much all the things that you can go to. Uh, also, we have merch on our website, hauntedcitypodcast.com. So with that, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>